So they brought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and, and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Something like a Connie Mack move or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And so when they go to scout me, they see this little little guy. No way. Oh, play a little doppelganger. That's yeah. funny. one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. Powered by the Portland Gear Store and Guardian Games, this is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. And without further ado, your hosts, Ben and David. I'm Ben. And I'm Dave. I'm Frank. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the, the Diamonds, Diamonds and Roses, Roses podcast. Hubba hubba. <laughs> yeah, today we have a great episode for you of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. What do we got going on today, Dave? Well, we have a guest today uh, that I've been looking forward to quite a while. We have Mr. Frank Peters in the studio. Exactly. Frank, how are you today, sir? One day at a time. <laughs> One day at a time. Yep. This is a, a great time in Oregon. This is a great time in Portland because we are preparing for what we hope to be Major League Baseball in Portland, Oregon. So it's exciting times. I'd say beyond just hoping, I'd say knowing at this point. I mean, there's a buzz and, and uh, the confidence is building. So we're thinking it's, it's, it's more of a when rather than an if at this point with baseball, with Major League Baseball coming to Portland. Yes, exactly. And we're excited about it. And before we get too much into uh, talking with our guest, Frank. Frank, what do you think currently about baseball coming to Portland? Well, this is my third time about Major League Baseball coming to Portland. Actually, the fourth. And before, it was kind of pie in the sky. And the, the first one that was the most interesting was that Bing Russell, the guy that owned the Mavericks, his goal was to do Major League Baseball in Portland because mm. of he felt mm-hmm. so so excited about the Mavericks that he thought that Portland, Oregon was a major league team. And the interesting thing is that he had teamed up with, of all people, Elvis Presley. And Elvis Presley dies. He says to me, he says, his dream died when Elvis Presley died and Mount St. Helen blew. <laughs> and, or vice versa. And... And the reason why uh, Mount St. Helen was a factor is that the whole country viewed Portland, Oregon differently after that. Hmm. They looked at it as kind of a uh, not the uh, cutting edge of industrialization. They looked at it as kind of the uh, isolated wilderness area. And the mood in Portland, I mean, not in Portland, in the country, and in Bing's quest, uh, went away. So to answer your question, I think this is the most serious attempt. And of all the uh, previous ones, I, I think that this one has a, a, a serious chance of... Uh, I, I fully expect to be going to a Major League Baseball game in uh, uh, 2022. Or, yeah, well, we're all going to go to right. a baseball yeah. game and, and, together. And, and my goal, a uh, thing I'd like to see is Kurt Russell throw the first pitch out wow. on behalf of the Portland Mavericks. That would be awesome. We have, we've talked about names. We haven't talked about who's throwing the first pitch. Yeah, out Kurt we haven't talked Kurt throwing out the first I pitch. I talked to uh, Mike Barrett about it and suggested mm-hmm. it, but he's, I uh, think, a little overwhelmed in the whole thing right now. Yeah. All right, you heard it again, Mike. Make Kurt Russell the person throughout the first pitch. <laughs> yeah, pressure's on. 
dress him up like Bing with no, the big or, beard. Or, or or the second game, let uh, let uh, Russell Wilson throw out the first pitch. Yeah, and let uh, uh, Kurt throw out the the next the next one. Yeah, because apparently Russell Wilson has a thing for Portland now. I mean, yeah. he's a Seattle guy at this point, but apparently, but he is a baseball player. Yeah, he is. It's baseball, and he's got a thing for Portland too. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, I played for the Beavers, Portland Beavers baseball team, and then of course managed the Mavericks. And each one, uh, uh, players come from all over to play for the Portland Beavers, and a lot of them stayed, mm-hmm. and then a, a, a number of the Mavericks stayed. So. Uh, uh, Portland winds up, um, you fall in love with uh, Portland. Excellent. Again, we got Frank Peters here, former player manager of the Portland Mavericks. L- let's dive a-, a little bit into this. But first, Frank, thank you for uh, coming on the show today to be here and do the podcast with us and record. Let's take, uh, let's go back, you know, several years and let's start with you growing up in Corvallis, Oregon as a young man and, you know, moving how, into baseball. How, how young was I in Corvallis? I think, uh, records know that I think you were like three-ish. Okay. I was born in Corvallis. Yes, okay. but, yes, you were born in Corvallis. And and years later, mm-hmm. my mother says to me, she says, Pete, and then she called me Pete, of course. She wasn't very happy with me. She says, Pete, you know, the team doctor delivered you because my father played for the 1941 Rose Bowl team. No, did he? Yeah, wow, Norman, wow. Norman Peters. Norman and then Peters. my uncle, his brother, George Peters, was the uh, quarterback, which in that, those days was the blocking back. In any case, she says to me, she says, you know, for your delivery and a three-day stay in the hospital, she says, I think it was $50. I think I paid too much. <laughs> <laughs> paid too much. Mom. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my roots go back to... Uh, Oregon State even before uh, I was born because my father, Norman, played on uh, what is now Coleman Field, Mm -hmm. and his coach was Ralph Coleman, Mm -hmm. and uh, the Oregon State Beaver uh, baseball field was uh, put there in, what, 1903 or 1907, I think it was, and it's right on the campus, and so he played there, and then I played at Oregon State. And now, uh, of course, they're the world's champions. Tip of the cap to them. Yeah, so three exactly. in twelve years. Yes. Yeah. Pretty uh, amazing. Yeah. So, Frank, growing up, who was your favorite baseball player? You know, I grew up in the day of when Marilyn Monroe married Joe DiMaggio. Hitting oh. <laughs> Street, Joe DiMaggio. And so, uh, I, I, I think Mickey Mantle was probably the one that. But I, I was kind of into baseball history. And then, when, of course, when I played, I went to, uh, we played in Louisville, and I went to the bat factory, and a little guy named Augie Bickle turns bats. And so I designed a bat that they're currently using in the major leagues. And oh. It's a P116, mm-hmm. P for Peters, and it's a, uh, I think... Uh, and, and Louisville, Louisville Sluggers, they manufacture it? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I have a bat contract. And okay. so uh, I designed this bat with uh, Augie Bickle and talked him into letting me go into the vault. And in the vault, there's a Babe Ruth, and I picked up a Babe Ruth and swung the original cool. Babe Ruth. Wow, and, that's cool. And swung a Stan Musial and wow. went, went through the whole process. So to answer your question, my favorite baseball is, is I think, the history of baseball. 
Okay. They all have their own. Ty Cobb has his own uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the, and the baseball movies are 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 great. Shoeless Joe Jackson. I mean, they're still making movies about him. And I know you mentioned uh, Joe DiMaggio in one of our previous episodes on Vaughn Park. You know, Vaughn Street Stadium. We yeah. DiMaggio had played there, and apparently he had come in like. Dead cold. Right. They even brought him into an old timers game. Yeah, that's I, how cold he was. <laughs> I, I I played in an old timers game um, here in Portland, and uh, uh, they had Whitey Ford on the mound, and and they had Willie Mays in center field. And those are the days that these guys would would go out and play a game for a hundred bucks. You know, remember the old <laughs> yeah. home run derby? Yeah. yeah. Right. What was the Pre-salary. prize? It was a hundred bucks or something? <laughs> they, for the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so I'm up at the plate, and I'm going to hit a home run off of Whitey Ford. That's move. And he throws me up. He's, he throws me. He's pitching a little front of the mound, which is okay because he'd been retired for a while. And he <laughs> throw, handicapped him. And, and, and he throws me a screwball. I bet I missed it by two feet. And I go, well, <laughs> so much for that. <clears throat> so I get a hit to uh, right center, and I wind up on third base with one out. And uh, – a short fly ball to center field. So you're tagging up. I'm tagging up. But you know, I no matter what, I am not going to be safe. I'm going to let – Willie Mays is going to throw oh, me he's in. he's a cannon out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but he's an old guy now, right. right? He probably still had the juice in his arm. Anyway, he comes up, basket catch, perfect one-hop throw to home plate, Long dust. Hop. Umpire goes, you're out of there. <laughs> I go, one of my highlights of my – uh, of my uh, life, actually, uh, base hit off a of Whitey Ford and thrown out by Willie Mays. <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's heck of a day. Yeah. Yes, that is <laughs> career. That's yeah, a great career. Say, yeah. That is great. So you you grow up playing baseball. You you get a scholarship to Oregon State mm-hmm. for basketball, right? Not baseball, but basketball. Yeah, yeah I went. I moved. Um, I was living in Corrales, and then my family moved to Southern California, and I went to. Anaheim High School, 4,200 4, students, no freshmen, graduating class of 1,600 people. We have a great basketball team. We played for the state championship my junior year. I averaged three points a game. Your junior year? Junior year. Were you a guard? Or I, was, uh, uh, I was a four. I was a I think I was a guard. I'm not sure. But I was a defensive specialist. Okay. So I go from being uh, three points a game ball player my junior year. And I think maybe aliens may have reprogrammed me because (laughs) I went from three points a game (laughs) to all California. Wow. One of the wow. all CIF, which was one of so the. So you were recruited hardly at all your junior year. Maybe as a no, defense, didn't even know my name. Or something. Nobody you know, defender. Or defensive and person. so I make all all CIF where they pick the ten best ball players mm-hmm. from San Francisco down, all of LA, San Diego. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jim Barnett was one of the players I think that played for the Blazers. Anyway, mm-hmm. so um, I hadn't been recruited, so all of a sudden I get all these scholarship offers. I get a scholarship offered at UCLA and Arizona and, and Washington and Oregon. Was it the Pac-8 or the Pac-10 at that point? I think it was the Pacific Coast Conference. Oh, okay. Oh, it, 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 it may have even been before that. Mm. In, in any case, I had no idea. So I go to my coach and I ask him the best 
question and got the best advice I ever got in my life. I said, Coach, how do I decide what school to go to? And I had recently visited Oregon State. They just put us in uniforms and played with referees, which is totally against the yeah. rules. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't have those NCAA violations. But, but Oregon State had Mel Counts yeah. and Terry Baker, the Heisman, Heisman Trophy, Trophy winner. winner. Uh -huh. And so, for whatever reason, I was pretty hot that day. And I'd never seen a seven-footer shoot like Mel Counts could shoot. And it turned out, you know, he played 12 years in the NBA because he could shoot. So I go to my coach and I go, Coach, how do I, how do I pick a team? And he says, Frank? He says, find a big man and go to that school because you cannot make it by yourself. And that developed my personal philosophy, which mm -hmm. I've always felt. It comes out in the, um, I recently am part of a team that made the Oregon Sports Hall of Fame. It's better to be good on a great team than great on a good team. Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, I went to Oregon State. And it turned out to be the best decision I ever made. And it would have been my last choice if it hadn't been for for that. Because it, it didn't have a lot of uh, sparkle and glitter. Mm -hmm, sure. It, Especially it, being from SoCal. Yeah, it, yeah. To Corvallis. Well, I'd been in Corvallis, right. you know, so I wanted to do something different. I, I was listening in a previous uh, interview that you had done, and you said that at that time you were, it, I don't know if it was advised or you were, they said you need to play more than one sport. And you ch obviously chose baseball. Why did why did you choose baseball over like any of the others there? After my junior year, we were at that time twenty five and five, fifth in the nation. We got beat in the regionals in a kind of a real fluky deal. We actually had a better team than the previous year when we went to the final four. In fact, we were the last team, of course, that Oregon State ever had go to the final four. Mm -hmm. Boys. The girls now. Are, yeah, they've done pretty well. Yeah, Ruick's done a really good job. Right. So I would yeah. definitely include the girls. Yeah. So uh, I looked at, at, in, at the NBA, and at the time, how many teams do you think they had? What, 12 maybe? Yeah, not as many as they do now. 15. I think they maybe 10. They had oh, the, like the Baltimore Bullets and, and, yeah. and Cincinnati. Didn't they? What, what, what were they? They're probably the Lakers at that time. Now. Minneapolis Lakers? Yeah, they were not even in L.A. at that point. I mean, I, I don't know. So I looked Ten at teams. it, and I saw guys that played that were so good that I couldn't even carry their jock strap that couldn't make the NBA. Oh, yeah. And when you couldn't make the NBA, then there was no place to play. And I go, well, you know, I may be better in basketball, but if I go – at least baseball, you get your time at bat. And you didn't have those Euro, Euro leagues like they have now where you could go overseas not, and make a bunch of money. Not. It was no. either that or nothing. So it was right. zero opportunity. And in baseball, yeah, let's talk yeah. about opportunity. Baseball, they had yeah. a, a lot more teams, and then you had the minor league system under those teams. So you will get a chance to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a lot of the guys that were really good basketball players played for a team called Claudius Tavern, which did really well, which uh, eventually evolved into what is the East Bank Saloon, where we wound up dominating the world in, in basketball with Leroy Ellis and Dale mm -hmm. Schluter and Pudgy Hunt and a, a, a bunch of guys that could, could really play. Mm -hmm. So at at this point, you're deciding, okay, I'm going to go either play basketball or I'm going to go to baseball. And to you, it was, I can get more playing time I have a, going. Yeah, I have a chance. Yeah, yeah, I make the lead. A, a yeah. fair chance is what you're really looking for. And in basketball, I didn't think you had a fair chance because 
number one, if you're coming on, they might only have one opening mm-hmm. on it on on each team. That's only ten out of the whole country. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look at the odds. Yeah, and it's what what were people telling you? I mean, you you clearly had two different coaches. You had your baseball coach. You had your basketball coach. Were any of them in your ear saying, "Frank, you should do this," or "Frank, you should yeah. do that"? They were saying, "Obey the rules, Frank. Quit being such a pain in the ass on the basketball team." <laughs> <laughs> so I was restless. So yeah. you enter the Major League Baseball draft. No, no. I, what I did is the Major League Baseball draft was coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at that time, Major League Baseball, they would sign a guy when he was sep- when he was 17, write down on his contract that he was 18, and maybe he would learn how to play the game by the time he was 22. Oh, wow. Okay. That's why they had all these leagues, class class B, class C. Mm-hmm. They had lots of minor league teams, and they did not think that college bat- baseball was a place that you could learn how to play the game. So, so there was a big gap with college big baseball. Big gap. So they were okay. when they came in with the draft. They were only going to draft young players, mm-hmm. high school players. So you were signed by you ended up being signed by Baltimore right, and to, I, to play right and I talk, and I knew they were coming in the draft the next year and I knew I was going to be a senior because I signed after my junior year I didn't mm-hmm. finish my senior year and uh, I knew that if they came in with the draft they might not even draft me mm-hmm. because I was you're in their mind too old a has been at twenty one right? twenty one yeah. you're, you're, yeah. you're yeah. too old. So did they visit you in person, or are they giving you a, a call from Baltimore saying, we want to talk to Frank Peters about playing for the Baltimore uh, I had played in all of the top summer college leagues. I played I played in the Basin League, which is like the Cape Cod League. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I had played in Southern California. The baseball knew me mm-hmm. as, a, as a ball player, and I had had offers to sign after my high school, but I didn't think I was physically ready, and I wanted to play some – I promised my – parents, right, that I was going to go to school. Mm-hmm. Well, and eventually I graduated, graduated from Oregon State. So, What'd you get a degree in, in uh, Oregon State? Business. Business. Okay. Somebody else's business. I kind of use it. Yeah. Ten bars. A bus- mean, bu- business and a minor in architecture. Oh, okay. And uh, the architecture really served me well because over the years I've had maybe 15 bars, and I did all the remodeling and, and design mm-hmm. work in them. It's hands-on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Or at least, you know, um, uh, dealt with people that did the design work. So good things came about my education. Yeah. So what was it like to sign your first Major League Baseball contract with a team? Well, I, I they called me and they said, well, we want to we'll sign you to a contract, and we'll give you a bonus. They gave me a, a 35000 which is pretty decent. be like what? 200 in today's world. Yeah. Okay. And I said, well, who's your third baseman? And they said, well, we got a guy that uh, has been in the big leagues for a couple of years. His name's Brooks Robinson. I love and, the story. And, and I said, well, can he, can he run, throw, and hit? He said, well, he cannot run. He doesn't throw very well. We're not sure if he can hit. He's a very fine fielder. I said, well, hell, Brooks Robinson, that doesn't sound like a big league name to me. I'll go ahead and sign. Right? Make it it. <laughs> so he may still be making making that. Well, you know, here's the thing. Norman Rockwell actually did a painting of Brooks Robinson. And the painting is really quite delightful. There he is signing an autograph for this all-American little kid, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, if I'd have made the big leagues, I'd have, they'd have tarred and feathered me for trying to take his place. <laughs> yeah. American icon. I mean, Norman Rockwell. I mean, how can I compete against yeah. him? Right. And plus, he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He, they were, uh, I, I wound up playing through the process for Earl Weaver mm-hmm. and in the Baltimore, got to know Frank Robinson and Brooks Robinson and Boog Powell. They're all wonderful. Well, very, very give, me, give me a give me a thirty second tidbit on what Earl Weaver was like. Uh, Earl Weaver was <laughs> like a, a five foot four Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> I was say. With a Earl with Weaver. a with a big broadsword that was too oh, big man. for him. <laughs> oh man. So he, he would he would come running up to me and he'd pound me on the chest and he'd come, Frank, he says, God damn you. He says, Why is it when I'm looking up at you I always think I'm looking down on you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crazy man. That is awesome. I love that story. But he was good. So you you played in the minor leagues. And in uh, the Battered Bastards of, of, part of Battered Bastards Baseball, you talk about want, getting yourself to be traded right. to, to Portland to play right. for the Beavers. Because I think you said, I want to play ball. And, you know, we play close to home mm-hmm. right. and so on. Some people very like think, oh, man, he's crazy for doing that. But tell me, like, that, that process that you went through uh, doing that. And so I, I I wind up playing in Portland, and in the off season, what I would do is help them out because in, in those days baseball in, in Portland wasn't drawing very well, mm-hmm. and a guy named Bill Cutler who wound up being uh, president of the Triple A League, Pacific Coast League at that yeah. point, wasn't mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he had 12 kids, and he put them all to work. And so I just helped. I'd go and do like what I'm doing here with you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Made myself available and contributed. Mm-hmm. And so I built up a little bit of a fan club. And I had a fan club of, it consisted of three people. Dwight James, who wound up. There you go. Being on a, TV tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Clopton, who wound up being co- just retired from Wilson. And some other unknown. And they were my only fan club. And if I hit a home run, they would run out onto the field about where I was at second base and give me a garbage can lid painted as a flower. <laughs> what? And what? I, I would finish my trip what? to home plate. Well, you know, they didn't have security in those days. Yeah. I'd finish my trip. Interactive to home. experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> finish my trip to home plate carrying a garbage can lid. Did it give you drag? Like slow you down a little bit? <laughs> Painted as a flower, <laughs> a rose, or what, what it looked it? like a big uh, daffodil or something, you know. <laughs> so a, a daisy. Did they ever tell you like the reason for that? Uh, they just liked me because I was a character, and uh, I think that they wanted to latch. And, and I was going to be there every year. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the the uh, the team moves to Tacoma. Mm-hmm. And I found out that one of the ball players on the Tacoma team was going to be in Portland, and I was going to have to be in Tacoma. So I got a hold of the, the Bill Cutler, and uh, uh, together we negotiated a deal. So we traded ball players. Oh, really? Yeah. So the, wow. So you did that on your own? It wasn't like an agent thing? No, I like wouldn't have agents. I was going to say. My, yeah, my was wife was like, there you go, <laughs> yelling at you in the background or I, something. I, yeah, I, yeah. One year in, in Class A ball for Stockton, I hit three twenty five with 16 home runs. What happened was I went to double A ball. I started off really slow. 
and we're playing in Buffalo, New York. And Buffalo is the same stadium that was in the movie The Natural. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah, and yeah. remember when he's hitting Roy the home Hobbs. runs, yeah. banging around up there? Yeah, well, the that's exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly the way it was. No way. Wow. Yep. It, real short, right field fence. Okay. And, and, and cool. it was, stadium right field, like short. Yeah, and there. it was called War Memorial Stadium. It was a football stadium that okay. they'd made into a baseball mm -hmm. stadium. And I'm up at the plate, and I'm one for 25 or something, and I go, God damn. And the plate, and the catcher goes, Well, he says, uh, he says, how's it going? I said, oh, shit, man, I'm one for 25. They may send me out. Of and he says, well, he says, don't feel bad. He says, I can't hit either. He says, I'm, 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 old, for, I'm old for 20. I said, I said, well, maybe we'll go to the same place. I said, what's your name? He says, my name's Johnny Bench. What's your oh, name? Oh, no. Big Red man. Machine. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he got a hit right after that. Right. And, and I think he wound up being minor league player of the year that That's year. That's cool. Wow. So anyway, Earl's going to send me down. And he comes. He says, Frank, he says, it was between me and Lou Pinella who gets sent down, and and I pop. I'm, Sweet Lou. Yeah, yeah, I go for four, and Lou hits three home runs. Oh and, gosh! So I so it wasn't even close. Bell the ball. Yeah. So Earl calls me over. Not doesn't even call me in the office. Kind of over in the stands. Uh, the, the traditional thing is they call you in the office and they say the organization wants to make a change, right? Yeah. South of the blow. Yeah. Sure. Not sure. He says, Frank. He says, I'm going to send you out of here. You better hit. Or get a lunch bucket and go to work in the cornflakes factory. <laughs> I said, I said. I'm he wasn't concerned about your feelings. No, he said, I said, Frank, I'm from. I said, Earl, I'm from Oregon. We don't have a cornflakes factory. Well, he said, you better get one. <laughs> yeah, oh awesome. man, I gotta ask. So, you step up to bat for the first time in the big league. What was it like? No, get, I never got do, an at well, in, in, in my, pro in, ball. In pro ball, in pro ball, you step up to the plate. I had the what was greatest like? first at bat in in all of baseball. I step up there, and there's a left-hander, and he's from. Uh, they bring him in for relief. And they put me in as a pinch hitter. And then he's from, he's from Japan, and he throws the first pitch, and it's on the outside corner, and they call it a ball one. I could never have hit that. It was a strike, of course. There was another changeup down the middle, and I take it. Ball two. He goes, darn. I said, I don't know if I'm going to hit this guy. Throws me a curveball that there's no way I can hit. Strike one. So anyway, it comes to three and two, and he's thrown me five strikes, and I haven't swung at one. That's <laughs> awesome. Throws me another pitch. On the outside corner, the guy goes, ball four. And I'm thinking, I think I picked the wrong profession. And this guy was so good. His name was Masahiro Mirakami. He went, wound up going to the Giants right after that. And he was the first Japanese ball player to come over from Japan. And I think he was, might have been rookie of the year or something that year. And he pitched for a couple of years and then went back to Japan. So I go down to first base and I'm sitting there in shock. I've walked. Without taking the bat off your shoulder. <laughs> five strikes. And I say to the first that's, that's baseball right there. Yeah. I think I picked the wrong profession. <laughs> he says, no, no, no. He says, this guy's really good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I start off really good. That um, I hit really well. When, when I played baseball, basketball ended in March, and I got... I have one day of spring training, and then I've got to hit the 90-mile-an-hour fastball. That's crazy. 
and no reps, yeah, no, nothing, and you can't swing a bat mm-hmm. when you're playing yeah. basketball because it it it, um, it changes your shooting. Yeah, the muscle memory. Yeah, and so uh, you have to focus on basketball and then focus on uh, because I was a guard and I had to shoot. So uh, let's see, in June I signed, and I went. They sent me to Stockton, and I hit really well. And so they were concerned that I might get drafted, show you how baseball was. They could draft you their first and third year, so they needed to hide me. So they brought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Something like a Connie Mack move or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And so when they go to scout me, they see this little little guy. No way. Play a doppelganger. That's yeah. funny. And I'm in double A ball with Earl Weaver and Andy Etcheberry and Paul Blair and, uh, and all those guys. So uh, that's it for uh, this episode. Uh, you know, catch us out on uh, Twitter at Podcast Roses. You can also find us on the interweb at dnrpodcast.wordpress.com. That's dnrpodcast.wordpress.com. Congratulations to Frank for getting inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame for a second time. This is Dave, and this is and Ben, and I think we're going to sign off. Great talking with you. All right. Peace out.